0: Good morning. Welcome to the Celtic Way morning briefing live. I'm Tony Haggerty at Haggerty10 Twitter handle. As you know, it's January the thirty first, Tuesday, transfer deadline day. I'm joined by Sean Martin at Sean Martin TCW and Aidan McDonald at Aidan C McDonald Twitter handles. Guys, how are we? Excited for transfer deadline day? I can see it in your faces. A <laughs> rush kicking in. How Just disappointed you've not got your yellow tie on, Tony. <laughs> uh, yes, indeed. I should be wearing a yellow tie, shouldn't I? But yeah, Eden. How you doing?
1: Yeah, all good, Tony. Hey, obviously, the transfer deadline day always usually an exciting day in general. Even though there's maybe not that much happening for Celtic in terms of ends anyway at the moment.
0: We'll we'll get to that in a second. But first and foremost, I'll direct you to the bottom of your screen. And this it's the last chance today. It ends today. Yeah. The deal, you sign up, hit, click the button, www.celticwave.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And for a pound, you can enjoy four months of access to everything that's written on the website, but you can also enjoy and receive a limited edition bespoke A3 artwork by popular artist, made by Frankie. And there it is on your screen. It ends at midnight tonight, guys. Get involved. If you haven't already, we thank you to all the ones that have got involved. And it's been a very popular offer this month hasn't it Sean? Definitely has I,
2: um, as I say we, we asked Frankie we should do a few more for that <laughs> reason we, we quickly changed it from the first hundred to just uh, you can only get it here though so that's, uh, that's the that's yeah. a benefit so if you like it tonight is your last ever chance to get it because she's not going to produce it again it's going to it's just,
0: just for us so. So join us uk forward slash subscribe last chance four months of unlimited access for a pound. You can also receive that limited edition bespoke A3 artwork by made by Frankie. On you go, guys! Midnight tonight it ends. Take advantage of it. And also, we say thank you to Seneca. The Celtic Way morning briefing is now sponsored by Seneca Medical Group, and they are the number one in Europe for hair restoration treatments. And we thank them for that. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in the video. So there you have it. But so we say thank you to Seneca. We appreciate that. Now, boys, transfer deadline day indeed. And one bit of transfer news, according certainly to Anthony Joseph from Sky, is that he's finally left the building. Georges Giacomacchus is uh, more or less tied up his deal with Atlanta United and the MLS. Not a surprise really, Sean, is it? We're just waiting an official confirmation of that, but Sky's, Sky are certainly reporting that that's uh, more or less good to go
2: uh, Aye, Tony's um, Tony's reported it so I, I would take it as, as a given for that But I mean, aye, sorry, that Tony, not not Tony <laughs> I just realised that uh, aye, good, good luck to him and all that For me, his replacement's already in the building uh, yes. as, it, as it was with Josip Yoranovic So there's very little panic now Even though it's, it's deadline day uh, given how long it's dragged on for as well, I don't think anybody's going to be massively surprised or panicked by it. Uh, it's you two I feel sorry for in this window, really. Um, Aiden, you held out against all we want in uh, to stay, and Tony, you've done much the same with Jakob and that they're both going to be gone by the time the window shuts.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, as I say, I I genuinely thought there would be some give and take, but there's clearly, yeah, Sam had to say Tony held it until the last minute. Yeah, and I... I I still think a lot of Celtic supporters will be sad to mm-hmm. see him go. I'm certainly one of them. Uh, but uh, if he wants to go and and the conditions were right and the conditions of the deal were met, then so be it. He, he, he's gone. So, uh, yeah, and as you say, O's in the building. I'd still like to have had three strikers moving forward. Well, there'll be another one coming in tonight. Who knows? But Aiden, yes, we both held out for Juranovic and Yakimakis, but sadly, it seems they've both left the building. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they're obviously, well, Yranovic's definitely gone and it looks like Yakimakis will be as well. well I did want like to stay, but sorry, right, I'm over it now. But uh, yeah, I think the Yakimakis deal, obviously he never was a player right on deadline day who's been an important sort of contributor, but as Sean was mentioning, the fact that his replacement is in and the fact that it's looked like Yakimakis is probably on the road out, it's been speculated since... I think probably even back to just after football came back, or maybe even when the World Cup was still on and it's looked more concrete in the last couple of weeks. So it is expected, but obviously it always is disappointing to always a player that scored so many goals. But fingers crossed, obviously, O will be able to come in and at least replace some more numbers anyway. I know it probably won't be easy to get the exact sort of same stats that Yakimakis did, but if he could have a similar second half to the season that Yakimakis did last year, then I'd be quite happy with it.
0: Sean, Plunge McNuggets saying I'd like to see one more coming in. Um, I'm assuming he means a striker. The fact mm-hmm. that George has got a Would you like to see another striker come in or are you quite happy with the fact that those in the building that, that's fair mm-hmm.
2: enough? Um, uh, in terms of is there going to be more activity I think yes, but I think it's probably I think it's outgoings I reckon. Um, yes. I think it has to be, doesn't it? I mean yeah. if, if there is another incoming I'd expect it to be maybe a youngster that might begin to the B team or or maybe like Johnny Kenny did last, last January, or maybe a third striker. But even then, I'm I'm not convinced, Tony. Um, outgoings, it could be a few. When you look at the squad, you get a good Guard, maybe a Welsh loan. All of that, I think, is possible. Um, we went through a few of the names in the last week, and none of them have left yet. So I think uh, I think it's possible there's a good few uh, outgoings today. But I suppose we'll see. In terms of another one coming in, I don't necessarily think it's the case.
0: Aidan, do you see anybody coming in or is it more about outgoings for you? Sam Hartley's agreeing with you there, Sean? Yep, it's all about outgoings now. Yeah,
1: I think so. Obviously, there can be last-minute moves. Think back to this, Andrew's, obviously, first window, summer 2021. The Carter Vickers deal happened in the space. It uh, was about an hour left <laughs> window. I know we'd been speculating kind of, the day before, but it looked like the deal was dead and then it came out of nowhere. So I remember, like, constantly the on Twitter at the time about it. but. I think, yeah, probably it'd be about trying to get a couple more players out the door, Tony, really. Uh, maybe, like, I of the Gucci potential, even if it's just a loan deal. I know, obviously, uh, there's maybe not been that much talked about him and players like that over the last couple of days. But, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be any
0: more players coming in. Sean, you can hear that all about outgoings and no more coming in. We kind of said last week that we thought the business was done, but we still... You know, as Aidan alluded to there, Cameron Carter-Vickers was done at the 11th hour, so you never say so numbers really, do you? It depends
2: if an opportunity becomes available, I suppose, but uh, I, all things being equal, I think the incomings are probably done. Outgoings, I hope, aren't done, because I think there's a lot of business that could be done in that sense, uh, as I say. There's a few uh, few comments thrown out, some names there. Uh, Scott McGill saying young Connor Hazard also on the way out to Ross County. That's certainly been a report that Malcolm McKay wants to take him up there. Um what I would say is, unless his contract gets renewed again, then then you're looking at a loan. Uh, if it was a loan, obviously that's what I'm assuming. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it would be with uh, the intent of of going permanently. I would I would hope because he's only got six yeah. months left, um, so he can talk to clubs anyway. I actually think he would do well up at Ross County. I think it would yeah. be a good, a good landing spot for him if he wants to stay in Scotland because obviously went to HJK Helsinki there seems to, th- seem to thrive. He might fancy going elsewhere. But if he is to stay yeah. in Scotland, Ross County is a good place for him, I think.
0: Yeah, I think that'd be a, a good call for a a hazard, yep. Indeed. But your, yourself wouldn't think that'd be a good move for him to go up there and get some game time if Malky wants him, yeah?
1: Yeah, I think that would be a sort of solid move for him and it wouldn't surprise me as Sean was mentioning. If there is, would maybe be something in that in terms of moving permanently. Because uh, obviously he can start to negotiate pre-contracts, given that he's only got six months left. But yeah, I think that would be a fine move for Conor Hazard. He's obviously definitely got something there. Uh, he had his moment of the two, the two penalty saves in the Scottish Cup final, and then he's went and played well uh, for Hills and Keno, playing in the Europa uh, one winning a title. So his mm-hmm. stock's definitely higher than it was before. He went on the one move to Finland, no doubt about that. To yeah, be also- fair, I've seen, I've seen. This, uh, contrasting
2: reports. What a couple said. He's he's contracts twenty twenty four, but the only thing I could find when I was doing my kind of contract roundup and all that was when he signed a new deal in twenty twenty one, which was a two year deal. So unless there's been an a, an option for another year exercised, as far as I've seen, it's twenty twenty three.
0: Um, could be wrong though. Yeah, and um, a few commenters as well still suggesting uh, this bit for Celtic, Sean.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, the someone? Millwall move broke down, didn't it? But um, um, I I I still don't necessarily see that. Uh,
1: I don't know what you two think.
0: Eden, is that something you'd like to see?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. I, I just don't know if I could see Celtic moving for the other striker now. Even though which does kinda of contradict what me I know we've both said before, Tony, that we would have liked even if Garky Marcus had stayed or he'd left and if somebody else had came and we would maybe liked have a third striker just as another option in terms of depth. But I, I don't think I could see Celtic moving for but
0: now. There's also talk of Sean. It's, uh, sorry, Stephen Welsh. I was reading your name there, Sean. Again, uh, Stephen Welsh heading out on loan somewhere. Sean, would you? I wouldn't be averse to that. That's what I said. I wouldn't sell Stephen Welsh at this moment in time, mm-hmm. but a loan deal, I would certainly be. Uh, I would be encouraging that for Stephen to get some game time.
2: I, I think so. Um, the only, the only caveat to that is now that Jens is gone. Depends how many centre backs you're comfortable with uh, in the squad because. There's four just now, Boston Lowell, if you want to count him in terms of maybe he's in some of the squads, he would essentially take that Welsh place, probably, yeah. if, um, if Welsh went on loan, but you're talking Carter Vickers, Starfield, eh, Kobayashi and Welsh are the four just now, so if he goes, then it is Boston Lowell or, I mean, Alistair Johnson's played centre-back, eh, Tomoki Iwata's played centre-back, so there, there's ways to cover it, um, but you would be losing one of the four out-and-out centre-backs that you've got. I think sure. it would benefit him to to play some some uh, first-team minutes. season. It's very unlikely he's going to get it between now and the end of the season at Celtic. Um, the loan thing, I mean, why not? Because you've not got to think about homegrown uh, homegrown quarters for Europe until the start of next season now. Uh, you can reassess it in the summer. His contract doesn't expire until 2025. So, why not?
0: Yeah. Could be a busy day, Aidan, in terms of outgoings for Celtic. Maybe not so much in the way of incomings. We'll see what happens, but you'll keep keep an eye on that all day and we'll be putting stuff up on the site if and when things do happen. Eden, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, in terms of outgoings, it would be good if it
1: was was quite busy to get some players off the wage bill, or even if it was somebody like Welsh, etc, going out on loan. So, you know what it's like on deadline day. Things can suddenly just start to appear out of nowhere, particularly if it is players going on loan deals because they can usually be negotiated without too much hassle if there's kind of somebody like Welsh that it's unlikely they would be then maybe leaving in the summer. Mm. So, yeah, it would be good to see get a few players off the wage. bill maybe some guys in need football get some minutes in between now and the end of the season.
0: Well, it'll all pan out during the course of today. Now, a more unsavoury topic, Sean and Aidan, and we deliberated whether to bring this up on the pod or not, but we are mm. going to bring it up. We're going to call it out as we see it. And it was Sunday's a rendition of Super Trooper Abba song to the tune of that and quite frankly I think it's vile and abhorrent and I don't want to hear it sung by Celtic supporters. I am and I will always be about the football and I think that's an insult to the memory of some great Rangers men because Rangers have some heroes as well as Celtic and What's the difference, the colour of their jersey? But I believe there's more to unite football fans than divide them. I think the song's a disgrace, as I've said. I hate it. No Celtic supporter sings that song in my name, and they never will. And I respect the people, uh, opponents. They were formidable opponents. I just think that song's vile. It's not what Celtic are about. It never will be, and it shouldn't be the case. But sadly, that's not been the case recently. Can't sing songs like that and then cry foul when people sing songs about Jock Steen, the Lisbon Lions, Tommy Burns, or Scott Brown's sister. And you can't dis and you can't disagree when others say, "Well, they're they're as bad as each other." Now, I think and they use it as a stick to beat the Celtic supporters with it eventually. Hmm. And I think songs like that leave our club and its reputation in the gutter and without a leg to stand on and songs like that harm and besmirch the good name of Celtic football club think it's an act of sabotage and people who sing it can't see the harm that they're doing it saddens me greatly and it, I want it nipped in the bud, I would like it nipped in the bud, I'm speaking for myself as a football supporter because I think you should always respect your opponents that was a Jock Steen way, it was a Tommy Burns way, it was a Martin New way, it was the Brendan Rogers way It was, a, and it is the Ange Poster cogley way. And much to people's surprise, it was also the Walter Smith way, it was the John Gregg way, and it was the Jock Wallace way. You can be a diehard Rangers or a Celtic man, but you can also be a good person. Everybody knows who I support, and I strive every day to be a good person, and I don't think that's too hard to ask. And that's all I'll say about that, Sean. Hey, Tony, you're getting a lot of a lot of love for
2: your your sentiments here in the comments, and I I can't add I can't add, add, add into it. Um, I will explain that the 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 Rangers many are talking about in the songs. If I'm right, Walter Smith, Andy Gorham, David Cooper. Yes. Um, just to clarify that with, with people in case you in case you were wondering. Um, Plenty of comments here saying that you're, uh, you're right, Tony. Brian Roberts says, I agree, by the way. Happy birthday, Brian. It's his 80th birthday today. I noticed that in the comments. Yes, um, happy birthday, Brian. I'm, meant to say that's so yes indeed. Uh, but the way I would sum it up here is uh, by using Jerry McCann's comment, which is two wrongs don't make a right, Tony, um, yeah, which not- I think is, is a, a nice way to put it, Aiden.
1: Yeah, I just echo what you said. Obviously, it probably would be something. It'd be better if it was just kind of napped in the bud, really, and we could all just move on from it. It's not sort of sort of how you want to be here eh, when you're at games or listening to it. So, hopefully, that is just something that's nipped in the bud.
2: And mm-hmm. cool. uh, then, to that, Tony. I mean, I know for myself, I agree with everything you said there. I think it's not a football chant. I don't. I'm not even. I'm not averse to political chants either. It's not even under that. It's just. It's just a. Yeah. It's just what was the word you used earlier on? Um abhorrent. It, it's just an abhorrent, abhorrent chant. Um and as I say, I'm, I'm not someone that gets all all uptight about political chants because I think that's a different thing entirely. Uh, but in terms of that, it's just singing about it's singing about people's deaths for, for sport more than anything else. Yeah.
0: And it's nah. I agree that two wrongs don't make a right and I I, I think that most Celtic supporters are are good minded and good people and would agree with me on that. Uh, And it's just something I would like to see removed from the song sheet. I wonder, and I can only wonder what our current manager would think of something like that. But there you go. We shall move on. We will not dwell on that because it's not a subject I wanted to go into Mm. deeply, but we have to call it out as we see it and say that we don't like it. And uh, yeah. So speaking of good things. And Callum McGregor, 400 appearances, I did a wee ode to Callum McGregor and I mentioned Joe Hart's We sing-along in a mm-hmm. good way and it appeared on YouTube last evening. Joe Hart had been in the building 10 months and he was asked by a fan to sing a Celtic song and he chose the Callum McGregor song and I wrote yesterday that he did that for a reason because he was made to feel really welcome. He was less than a year into and, and it all kind of a. Uh, Sheeped into the fact that Callum's just the go-to guy for all new players coming in. He's a a wonderful leader on and off the pitch. And the glowing tributes that he got on Sunday by the manager, by Aaron Moy, when he finally sort of said some words about Callum, Uh, he's deserved every accolade that comes his way, Sean, for those 400 appearances. And I I just thought that uh, it was wonderful to see so many people speak so highly of him. And I said to you before, it's easy to pick out highlights of things that guys do in terms of scoring goals. But the moment I picked was his amazing run at Ibrox that lifted Celtic up by the bootlaces that day in April. Uh, and Tom Rodgers scored from after his run. Uh, seven minutes of a game, there were one down in three minutes. And that to me was the day Carlo McGregor said, not on my watch, I'm the captain of this football club. I'll I'll drive this club forward and I'll strive to be everything in a captain that you want me to be. And yeah, I just applaud him. I I say, well done Callum. Here's to the next 400. The manager says he can make it 400. He was asked if he can chase down Scott Brown's record of 620. We spoke about this off here yesterday, morning. We'll try to do the maths and arithmetic on it, weren't we? <laughs> he, he averages over 50 a year, doesn't he? I mean, I mean, you know how
2: much I've went on about his uh, about his minutes played and things. he's as I said yeah. at the start of the season, the only way he's going to get arrested even with people coming in, as if he gets injured, and that's what happened, um, unfortunately for him. But uh, listen, what's not been said about him? Uh, yeah. every, every bit of it deserved. Um, Patrick McLaughlin coming in saying what Kyle McGregor goals the best. I agree with you, Tony. It's not to me. It's not really about the goals. It's about the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, especially since he took that that armband, he bandy almost. Uh, the fact that Scott Brown, no harm to Scott Brown, that he was going as Ange Postacoglu was coming in and Callum McGregor was ready to assume his place as the captain at the same time as Ange Postacoglu was taking the reins at the club, it was almost fate. Because I just think he's, a, he's he's the perfect guy for him um, as a captain. Uh, and t- I'm going to answer Patrick McLaughlin's question anyway. I don't know about the best. In terms of in terms of technique, that Mitchell and Devalee, uh, for technique, maybe, but for me, the, the kind of oh almost, God. the almost blase pass into the the corner against Rangers was probably yeah. the the one that sticks yeah. out for
0: me. And you heard the ball hitting the net, mm. because it climbed. Yeah, that, that kind of sounded hit. it by uh, yeah, that. Kind yeah, of yeah you heard it, which was uh, which I also loved his goal in the Scottish Cup final against Motherwell. Mm. Aiden, uh it was just again at Hampden, big occasion, but he did it so nonchalantly, and he said some some wonderful goals. Even his goal against Aberdeen the other week, his first goal against Reykjavik, and his first appearance—all that kind of stuff. So, as I say, you can pick out many goals, but to me that the I just there was something about that that I just thought, Callum, you're something else, you know. You and remember, he, uh, Sean said there that he he took over from a guy who left the club, captain, leader, legend. Now, if there's shoes you don't particularly want to step into, it was probably them. But as far back as Kieran Tierney and Scott Brown, they were all saying, this is the man who's going to be a, a future Celtic captain. And my goodness, he's taken that armband and he's made it his own, hasn't he? Yeah, he definitely has. I do. I remember watching an
1: interview with Kieran Tierney or I think it was Open Goal. And it was uh, talking about, like you know, next Celtic captain, etc. And he had no doubt that it was it was going to be Cal McGregor. And he was obviously spot on on that occasion. Just in terms of like moments... It was the goal against Motherwell in the, the final Tony, that was one I was gonna highlight that the technique for that was super. Yeah. Hard. But I think it kinda not gets forgotten about, it, but people always always remember these goals against Rangers, eh, maybe more recent finishes, the one up at Aberdeen, obviously the one at Mitchell and if it wasn't in such a sort of game that was a poor result, probably would have been goal of the season from a like, Celtic point of view last year, but because obviously the, the, the game didn't end that well, maybe it doesn't get the credit it deserves. But yeah, the, the finish against Motherwell was, was superb and, you know, you run out of good things to say about Callum McGregor. He's, he's been an excellent captain in terms of his leadership, in terms of also just his ability on the pitch. Also adjusting to really a new position with Ange coming in that he maybe wasn't used to before. Probably was playing a bit further forward. So, yeah, he's, he's been exceptional. I've got nothing but good things to say about
2: him. I've got something else to add to it, Tony. If you like Callum McGregor that much, you can have him on your wall.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Last chance, everybody. Last chance. (laughs) Tonight, A3 artwork made by Frankie. You know what to do. Hit the button, www.celticway.co.uk forward slash subscribe. A wonderful segue into that, Sean. That was Shameless, I know. Shameless. shameless. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. But no, you do run out of superlatives for Callum Mm. McGregor. And I... And I highlighted the song because it contains the lyric, Callum McGregor, there's no one better. Hard to argue with that, guys, mm-hmm. isn't it? Certainly in Scotland, I think, uh, in terms of yep. the best midfield in Scotland. I think it's hard to argue with that. I think the most influential, certainly. Um,
2: obviously, form comes and goes right now. You could see Aaron Moyes' forms uh, tipping the scales in his favour. But overall, I think in terms of influential midfielders, influential players, I think McGregor's up there. Well, with anybody in Scotland.
0: Yeah, Eden, you agree with
1: that? Yeah, I think he's by far the best midfielder in Scotland. And can maybe even say the best player in Scotland. Probably the only person I would say that would be near him. That I would if I was sort of doing rankings sort of, obviously I had to have Jota right in there. But, but definitely McGregor I would say is by far the best midfielder in Scotland. It's not really anybody else's computer for me. There was a
0: comment I wanted yeah. to flick up here by Patrick McLaughlin if I can find it. Tony's been doing the Barras before, hasn't he? Yes, indeed, I'm no stranger to the Barras. In my, my younger, old youthful days, indeed, Aiden's looking and thinking, what's the Barras, aren't you, <laughs> I don't think he's that bad. <laughs> that bad, I, that bad. He
2: won't, he won't pass that on his Gallagate
0: pop crawl, Tony, if remember. He'll know, he'll know it in uh, its modern-day guys, maybe not know it in its pomp it's ceremony, <laughs> it's heady. Indeed. Um, I'm gonna shove
2: these I've gonna shove these comments up just because you know I like a wee pub style debate, Tony. We'll not yeah. go too far into them. But uh, first one up, um I don't think there is really a debate for this, Tony, but I'll put it up anyway. Me, you and Kevin spoke about it on our greatest eleven um episode. Plus McNugget says, Who's a better player, McStay or McGregor? For him it's McStay. I mean for me it's McStay as well, as much as I think McGregor
0: brilliant. Um, Tony. I think if you're in a certain elk and vintage, it has to be McStay, doesn't it? Depending on what era you're coming from, and we lived through Paul McStay, well, I certainly did, breaking into the team and mm-hmm. carrying the team on his back and just, you know, having to bear the brunt of the the Rangers dominance yeah, in the 90s and stuff like that, and he he was just a, he was a, a phenomenal footballer, Paul Day. I, I, I know I know,
2: you hesitate, and you, you say it in the Greatest Style Love an episode with Kevin, that you hesitate to use the actual term world-class, you, you dispute that, yeah. that, Context, which isn't to say you don't rate him, obviously, just that you don't necessarily think he yes. reached quite the Danny McGrain type of world-class thing, and I get it. Um, but in that sense, that it was even in that conversation, I think you could probably still like is oh, yeah. that he's, nice. he's still above McGregor in that sense, even though I, I will back McGregor up to... No, it's very much I, above I
0: McGregor in that sense, yeah. And again, you talk about moments. You can't think of Paul McStay without thinking of that pirouette and pass to Chris Morris. Or mm-hmm. Frank McAvaney's goal in the New Year game in 1988, and it and it's utterly sublime. It, it, it is a, that, that that's a world class moment. I'll mm-hmm. i give Paul McStay that. Uh, and you know I I I was talking about the de- my true definition of world class there, you know. But yeah, at that at this moment in time, I have to say Paul McStay's above McGregor. But if McGregor keeps going. The way the way he does, then maybe he will eclipse Paul McStay. But I, I get I'm I'm with Duhallow LP on that. It's an era thing, isn't it? Kevin Ferrier, the maestro. You know, and those who live through the Paul McStay era will tell you that he was a phenomenally gifted footballer, and he was both very um, similar. I'm Paul, just edge it. There you I go.
2: Of course, Sam Hartley saying they're both very similar. Paul McStay just edges it. I've often, without meaning to draw a direct comparison. I've often kind of. Compared on here, the way that <clears throat> Paul McStay's uh, old teammates used to say, that like, if you're ever in any doubt, you would just give it to you just give it to Paul. <clears throat> Pardon me, um, because he could take it under pressure, and and other players can't. But some players yeah. it's still, it's still a, a very valuable thing to do. And Carl McGregor showed that last season more than this season, because this season a lot of players are getting used to what, what's been asked of them. Last season, when there was players not quite comfortable, I'm thinking Carl Starfelt the first few months. Uh, Joe Hart the first few months. Just in general, any player that was just a wee bit unsure, we've got to play it for the back, it's got to be done. If they were unsure, it would be Carl McGregor you give the ball to because he's not losing it. But he's very rarely losing it. Uh, and that was a kind of
0: almost McStay-esque type of respect yeah. that he got from his, his teammates. The greatest compliment people paid McStay, Aiden was opposition would take centre and just head for McStay. Or Celtic would take centre and opposition players would head for McStay. Hadn't even touched the ball. And they would just go in and and crunch them because they knew fine well that he was an opponent that could hurt them. And that's what Sean says there. I think that that, that affords you kind of that respect when people are actually doing that. You haven't even touched the ball yet. And there's people trying to, you know, go in and snap about your ankles and stuff. And Paul, which they took that most of his career and handled it and did it under pressure. And, yeah, I, uh, I... I admired McStay, I thought, as I say, he was a wonderfully gifted footballer, and it's very hard to do these kind of comparisons, isn't it? But, nah. again, I think, as someone said, it's a, it's an era thing. when mm-hmm. you've grown up with the Callum McGregor era, you've seen the videos or DVDs of Paul McStay, so I don't know if you gonna I'm going to come to that for Aiden specifically in two seconds. Peter Duffy's
2: just said the difference is um, McStay was the player he was targeted. Callum McGregor's a great player, but not always seen as the main man by opposition, I don't know if I agree with that, because the, the, the teams that, that tend to explicitly set up in a way that uh, to try and target Celtic, they tend, they tend to put somebody on McGregor, that tends to be what they do, yeah. rather than double up on Jota, double up on Maida, double up on Kyogo. I suppose you could argue Kyogo's always doubled up, he's up front himself with two centre-backs, but the teams, even even in derbies, it tends to be McGregor that, that people target to try and stop Celtic playing, so I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but I do, like, the initial question was one or the other. I, I think it is still mixed day for me, but the one I'm going to put up for to come to you first with Aiden is Gary McDowell. It's obviously entirely subjective, but it's Carl McGregor in your greatest ever Celtic team? Because uh-huh. Tony's tony's seen a few, a, a couple of eras that I can't really without looking at videos and, and DVDs. I've seen at least one or two versions of a Celtic team that you won't necessarily go to automatically. So it's Carl McGregor in yours? Is what I want to know because.
1: He's been there pretty much throughout. Uh, yeah, I would say as yes, probably means I know. Obviously, it's a lot more limited knowledge compared to used to. But I would say what that you uh, say limited knowledge.
0: Eh? Don't talk yourself. <laughs> that, just that's a euphemism for "I'm old." Way. I'm There's the old guy. On you're, on the the planet, you're old guys in the, the the screen up the top there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I would game. say that uh, he is probably I mean the first kind of season I started going to watch the odd game for Celtic it was a two thousand six, two thousand seven season, so I know that's not that long ago. But I I would I would say that yeah, McGregor's definitely and particularly since he's recently uh taken up the number six position as well. Like if I was to like, you know, build a team and I was to have a player build a Celtic XI, sorry, as you as I call it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and put a player in the sort of number six uh, sort of position of the midfield, for me there would be no contest. Just in terms of the teams I've seen, obviously there's been brilliant players throughout. Uh, I like think my favourite ever Celtic player, for example, without uh, moving on subject too much, is Nakamura, who obviously, you know, that was a while ago. He left Celtic, I think it was uh, 2009, wasn't it? So, uh, yeah. But I, I would definitely have Cal McGregor in there. I just think he's been exceptional. and I, I thought he's been... He's been on to another level since he became captain, but before he even got the armband, I thought he was a brilliant buff. So
2: Tony, you're laughing at what I'm laughing at.
1: Yeah.
2: Ian's comment was Tony there in 67.
0: <laughs> okay, good story my my first day of holiday abroad in Tenerife, and I was having an argument with a Manole fan about various things, and I got absolutely blutered on southern comfort. I was drinking it straight in the sun, and I think I came away with that. Immortal line, what do you know about football? I was there in '67 and I was what? I would be what? <laughs> it was '92, so I would be 20 years of age. '91, <laughs> '19 I was. And I told people I was there in '60. I speak about it as if I was there, but no, I wasn't. Aidan, you made me feel older because I, I, my first season of watching Celtic was '76, '77. You said '2006, '2007. I was like, oh my goodness. But yeah, and there's always the guys.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and <he's 21st> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Honestly, it was just uh, one of those. Yeah, you know, we've all been there, drunken, hazy days, talking about your football club and exaggerating things. But yeah, to claim to have been there in 1967, you're know, like only 19 years of age, was a bit of a feat. Yeah, I'll, I'll, mm. I'll, uh, I'll always admit that. But yeah, indeed, I, I think there's people on here who can remember further back than season 76, 77 when I started going. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of people talking about uh, Bobby Murdoch being world-class and yeah. mm-hmm. I I agree with that. Bobby Murdoch was world-class. My, my father told me that, that he was a world-class footballer and on the Middlesbrough website, Bobby Murdoch's the only person I believe who's described as a world-class footballer. Mm-hmm. For those who were privileged to watch, Bobby Murdoch will tell you the same. Uh, that he was a, a world-class footballer and, and that's what I mean when I'm talking about world-class and def, true definitions of, of that phrase. But mm-hmm. Paul McStay's up there. Nakamura up there for you, Aidan, is he? I would say so, yeah. I mean, obviously,
1: you know what it's like when you see players when they're younger, they always have, it's always that you would see it in probably a more positive light than it maybe was at the time, but yeah, Nakamura, for me, definitely a world-class Sean,
0: anyone else take on that kind of mystical reverence for you as time has gone would, by? Would, what would you mean? What's the question? Who, who? Any any kind of player that you you well, rated a bit now because of time elapsing? You think you've elevated? Ah, right, right, right. So Henrik
2: Larson doesn't count because he was always up. <laughs> for that <kind> of thing. <laughs> uh, I'm not he sure. Um, I, I mean, I suppose Henrik Larson wouldn't count because he, everybody knew how good he was at that time. There was no, there was no doubt in it, but. Uh, I don't know. I think if we're talking sheer technical ability, I think Aiden's got a got a shoot with Nakamura, but um I've I'm always kinda I gravitate towards maybe the unsung type of players that, that, yes. I, that I kinda hold a candle for after the fact. I even I like Mark Wilson when he was here. Not to put him in the yeah. same breath as Nakamura and different things, but no, no, um, that sure that, that team, team that, that that team I was te- we were talking about the kind of three teams um of different eras and, and and different things. And I mentioned the, the, the Hooper and Stokes team to you too. Yes. Um, yes. I, th- I still think that team is probably better than what it actually was, even though I, I could make the argument some of the players on that team reached that. I, I often make the argument, I think, is Aguirre reached a, a single season level that I don't think Kieran Tierney reached for Celtic, which doesn't go doing well in a pub usually.
0: <laughs> um,
2: but aye, uh, in terms of actual world class, I think they are genuinely few and far between. Yeah. Um, and uh, well, and you're probably I mean you, you've disputed the McStay thing Lots of people dispute that with you in the comments And In terms yeah. of dispute, your dispute yeah. of it <laughs> um, I think
0: well, it's got to be lasting
2: For me, it's just yeah. got to be um,
0: certainly lots, like, of well, mm-hmm. lots of love for Lubo as well Sean, lots of love for Lubomir Maravchik, Aidan mm-hmm. feature in your Greatest exercise you call it Or 11 as me and Sean would call it
1: Yeah uh, yeah if, if we're just talking about like players in general i, I would probably have him in there in contention but obviously that was somebody else that i didn't, I didn't really see play If you say that, like you know charity games etc <laughs> uh, but yeah if it, in terms of like just overall celtic
0: players
1: he would definitely have been in contention no doubt about that yeah mm-hmm. daniel fergus as he's known yeah, right probably right. Saying danny mcgrain yeah. was, was uh, deep world class i don't think anybody disagrees with McGrane, do mcgrain is that no
0: I've, um, I've told this story before, but that was uh, Billy Connolly's rationale. He was asked to pick his greatest XI for the Celtic view, Aiden, and he put right back Daniel Fergus. No surname required. That was his rationale. It was just to say, everything. Everybody knows that uh, Danny McGrain at one point was world class and was was one point in the 70s, 74, I think, regarded as the best right back in the world and. Don't think anybody can dispute that. And again, when I think of Danny McGrain, you know what I'm going to say, Sean. I think of the lime green strip, Love Street, eighty six, and he's part in that great goal uh, that Celtic scored that day. Wonderful football goal, but Danny was the architect of it uh, with some wonderful one touch passing. And it was, and I'm sure other people have other memories of Danny McGrain. But he, when you speak about his teammates. At that time, and the Celtic supporters who were privileged to watch him for a long time, they'll tell you he was utterly outstanding as a full-back Danny McGrain.
2: Yep, we've inadvertently turned this into a, like a greatest yeah. eleven revisited again, but plenty of names getting getting thrown in. Uh, yeah,
0: stuff ties go back a wee bit further. Yeah, one. King, King Kenny. You can't hold a candle to King Kenny. Wonderful footballer, just ten out of ten player. King Celtic's Kenny. greatest eleven and Liverpool's greatest eleven. Yes, he says it all, well, doesn't it? And just I'm talking about in terms of foot, natural footballing about it, King Kenny was just head and shoulders above many people. And one man doesn't make a team, but I think it's uh, it was noticeable when Kenny least left Celtic season. Well, he left in the summer of 77. The season, right. 78, Celt- Rangers won the treble and Celtic finished fifth. My father always said that Celtic never really recovered. Uh you know, didn't recover for a year but, uh, after King Kenny left and mm-hmm. it showed. And Liverpool fans will tell you they thought Keegan was wonderful. High. <laughs> they get ten times the players than Keegan when Kenny King Kenny signed for them. I tell you that. But then you have it. As you say, inadvertently turned it into a, a kind of greatest living. But am I right in saying Tony? And I don't I, it's in the back of
2: my head, I don't know if I'm if I'm wrong. So if I'm wrong, apologies. But am I right in saying that he actually scored more goals for Celtic than he did for Liverpool? He did, yes. I think it might be one, like one solitary goal more yeah. for Celtic than he did for Liverpool. I think, anyway. I don't know when yeah. I am pulling that from, but I think I think he yeah. might have. I believe. Which I just a think, I think I think I think it's a brilliant
0: that's brilliant. yeah, of course it is. Yeah, of course. Now, Celtic move on to tomorrow night. They play Livingston, don't they? Yeah. Association football, Scottish Premiership match at Celtic Park. And uh, yes, indeed, hopefully keeping their uh, their nine-point lead at the top of the table. We'll preview that in depth and in full tomorrow, guys. But what's your initial thoughts about that? That game of you thinking turn up, play the football, should be okay?
2: I ultimately I think that about most games, Tony. But yeah. I think with my overriding thought is, who am I going to pick my 11? Like a 10 out of yes. 11 at the weekend... Uh, I I out well. foxed myself because I'd say it's on here. I think it would go for Starfield, but the time it came to do my 11, I talked myself into putting Kobayashi in, and that was the only one I got wrong. So
0: I uh, I took out Abada in my original 11 because I think I had the same start 11 as you. Right, no. and I wanted to be different. I put in Ida <laughs> and I got 10 out of 11. So Eden, what did you get? Can you remember?
1: I actually can't, <laughs> sorry but it probably was not a, a decent score, <laughs> given my, my recent record, uh, Ah, yeah, uh, yeah, it definitely probably wasn't a decent score, uh, but hopefully a bit better this time, there's still, you know, there's still plenty of games left this season to get 11 out of 11, Tony,
0: that's my aim. Oh, of course there is, uh, listen, uh, and, and when you do it, you can do it with a quiet smugness, nah. don't begin on social media and telling everybody you're like, the daddy, He's too many right so far, so we it got nine to be felt,
2: Tony. He's he said he doesn't remember. He knows he got nine.
0: He just didn't want to say did he it. Nine, did he nah. Ah, right. Okay. Fair enough. So one below us, Sean. Yeah. That's it. And well, don't you Phil. forget it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, be, we'll be predicting our lineups uh, and films of time for mm-hmm. tomorrow night's game. We'll, as I say, we'll touch upon that in greater detail tomorrow. Yeah.
2: Yep, I'm just going to throw this up, sorry Tony, uh, this on, is right
0: yeah. down my street, I mean I know me, you and, and
2: Kevin revisited back in September the, the greatest ever 11 and we're yeah. going to try to select a wee bench and all that, but Derek uh, Derek Crawford's coming in saying it would be great if he's done a show on the three of our greatest 11s, like each go and pick an 11 and come back and discuss it, discuss the differences, discuss the similarities, that kind of thing, that's right up my street, you know that's right up my street Tony. Um, well, can I arrange uh,
0: that Derek, if that's what the... Public a good
2: launch. few, yeah, a good few comments saying that's a good shoot, and uh, and Derek just said "Sean, get it organised, mate." So that's that's one for the, that's one for the back burner for for the next couple of months, isn't
0: it? Eden, you know the Joe if the public wants, the public gets what the public wants. Don't they? in the words of the famous yeah. song: or "Are you too I'm young?" Even even jam, yes, you're too young. You even remember that? You're going to tell me, aren't you? Sorry, uh, totally. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's the jam. let's well, for that? Yes, Paul Weller, Al. Oh, but there you go. But yes. We shall get that organised, Eric. If that's what you want, and uh, the viewers want that, we should certainly do that. That would be mm-hmm. a good way to shoot the breeze. Some I can point. Say it should yeah. be a one or two hour special. Two hour special. Oh, Always nice to hear. Could you put up with us for two hours? Uh, that's that's another another reason, but no. Mm-hmm. And well, Derek there's no, no reason. To do it live.
2: Do it live, and people can throw in their own best. Yeah, I would actually.
0: We should do it live and get everyone else, just get all the contributors to put in there and as well and, and debate those two. That would extend probably to a, a two-hour show. Yeah, Beach Boys coming out.
2: straight in there, naming that tune. Going
0: yeah. on, yes, indeed, going underground, Beach Boys, you know the drill. Eden, come on now. Stop making me feel old. <laughs> You know, I don't that
1: was self inflated to be fair. Tony, you can that one up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They'll be playing Granddad by Clive Dunn as my walk on music soon enough, you know what I mean? Ah, yeah, you oh. left me
2: in the dust there,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: indeed, indeed. Now, guys, oh, there we go. Sorry, Robert Ingram, that's that's my favorite jam song. He's named there. Oh,
0: yes, yes, great, great song, Eating there Rifles. There yep, great song. She's usually. Called Eating Trifle, isn't it? <laughs> Eating Trifle, some people misheard the, the lyrics. It's a Christmas story. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. Now, guys, that's been 42 minutes of joy. We could probably go on, but you know what? We'll leave them wanting more, as they say, isn't it? And all good kind of entertainment style. Eden, thank you for your contribution. First class, as always, even though you like to have a rip at your old dad's age, mm-hmm. that's neither yeah. here nor there. Sean, thank you. We will direct you to the Last Chance saloon at the bottom. Subscribe to the Celtic Way website for a pound. You get four months of unlimited access to everything that's written on the web. But also, you're a new subscriber, you've got until midnight tonight, and you'll receive that limited edition bespoke A3 artwork of the 400 appearance man, Callum McGregor, and it's by popular Celtic artist made by Frankie. Last chance to do that, guys. Hit that button, www.celticway.co.uk, forward slash subscribe, And we also thank, say thanks to our sponsors, Seneca. Seneca Medical Group now sponsor the Celtic Way Morning Briefing. And Seneca are the number one hair transplant company in Europe. And you can find out more about Seneca via the links in this video. We say thank you to them. Guys, that was an enjoyable one today. Loved that. Tremendous stuff. Hope we covered a lot of bases there. We can't do it without the contributions from... The guys in the comments as well and we thank you for that we thank you for subscribing we enjoy the interaction we hope you've enjoyed it a uh, tuesday isn't it have a terrific tuesday just hoping we'll do it all again tomorrow a wonderful wednesday result dependent of course aiden isn't it it's always 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 is. sean thanks very much aiden cheers take care cheers guys